Welcome back, guys, for another episode of Healing in Hindsight. I hope you guys are having a good day, week, month, wherever you are at this time when you're listening to this. Um, This week's episode is pretty special to me because it's with one of uh, my other best friends. Um, I know last month I had Kara um, come on and talk about, you know, the challenges of transitioning to a different uh, lifestyle surrounding your eating. Um, And then, of course, my partner as well in our relationship in, you know, dating a diabetic, essentially. But uh, for this week's episode, we're going to be talking about something that all diabetic women can potentially come up against, um, but it is something that can happen in non-diabetic women, um, and that's PCOS, uh, polysystemic ovarian syndrome. I think I got that right (laughs) off the top of my head. Um, But I really think it's important because it is surrounding insulin resistance. Um, which is kind of one of the key factors that lead to type 2 diabetes. It's not uncommon for type 2 diabetics or type 1 diabetics to also be diagnosed with PCOS. Now, I personally have not been diagnosed, um, but I've definitely watched um, my best friend, Nikivia, kind of go through those challenges. And it was really cool to just sit down with her and talk about her experiences from the outside looking in, uh, because she's no stranger to being around type 2 diabetics like myself. She also has family members. And so I just felt like it would be really great to hear from a perspective of how paying attention to your blood sugar levels um, and your insulin resistance doesn't have to be because you are a diabetic. It is beneficial for everyone. So I hope you enjoy this episode and we definitely have a lot of giggles. So don't mind us. Um, We were roommates in college and we've remained friends, um, you know, ring in our 30s together. So hopefully you guys enjoy. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Danielle, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. Minus the entanglements, though. So let's do it. Hi, friend. Hi. How are you? I am good. Good? You're all glowy? The sun is shining on you right now? Like, you know. What's that? The golden hour? Yeah, golden that was in hour. the morning. No, the golden hour is like five, six. It's like a couple of hours before uh, sunset. Oh, I had it backwards. I thought it was like the the first sunrise hours. Oh no, I don't know those are about good. <laughs> those are good too. Um, but the golden hour is that when you start to get those orangey tones in the in the sunset. I see. Well. The world now knows that you're right in the golden hour. I think that's pretty uh, significant for what we're talking about today. <laughs> um, so for those who are not aware of Nikivia or myself, um, we are old college roommates, teammates, all the mates. All <laughs> the things. You, all the things. Um, but something that we have shared together is our health journeys. Um, over the last couple of years, we've both had a lot of shifts uh, in our health and we 
have long conversations all the time about what we're doing, what we're trying, what we're changing. Um, so I'm really excited to have you on the show today to talk about your journey specifically, because I think that it will resonate really well with a lot of people since um, what you've been going through is something that a lot of diabetics also go through, um, which was also news for me because I had no idea <laughs> until uh, you started going through it. So uh, before we jump into that, um, if you don't mind, why don't you let folks know who is Nikivia? Like, what do you do? What are your passions? Okay. Lots of things. Um, I'm super creative. Um, I am an art director, a graphic designer by trade, um, an award-winning graphic designer. Let me stop Ooh. being humble. Um, <laughs> I think we counted this weekend. I think we're at like 22, 24 design ones. Um, so yeah, we are out here killing it. I am a partner in the marketing, strategic marketing firm. Uh, we do fractional CMO work. Um, and yeah, Gladiator Consulting is my pride and joy. I'm super, I love getting up every day to go to work and just help brands be great. Um, as far as who I am personally, my passions are truth and love. Um, I have a tireless commitment to the truth, even when it hurts sometimes. Um, and I definitely, definitely, definitely have a passion for loving people, loving my friends, um, loving my family and all of the little babies that my siblings are creating. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, that's that's pretty much me, the love bug, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was that was your nickname. That was what I coined you way back when, good old six twenty three. <laughs> Dang, that was so long ago. We old. <laughs> and so speaking old. of creatives, um, if you see the Healing in Hindsight logo, uh, yours truly over here is the one who created that for me. That was a birthday gift. Um, so when you see it, you know, it's a Nikivia exclusive. Um, <laughs> it technically is cause it was before you got with Gladiator and you were still doing your freelance thing. Yeah. Um, and I kind of refused to change it because it means so much to me. So whatever I do either can hire y'all or somebody to redo my website. Cause I'm tired of fiddling with it all the time. Um, that's going to be my one, like, nah, you can't change that. We're going to wait until you're <laughs> making a lot of money and then you can change my logo. But all right. So. Last season, I asked all the guests, how has 2020 been treating them? But I'm pretty sure everybody's kind of like, 2020 has just been the biggest asshole on the planet. So instead, to keep it positive, I want to ask, what are your goals for 2021? Well, um, 2020 wasn't all that bad. I did win an international design award, and that was the first award that I won that wasn't just an entry in a magazine. I, I'm like the only person in the world that won it. And also it came with a $2,000 check. So I'm not mad at that. <laughs> Big flex. Big flex. <laughs> but yeah. Um, my goals for 2021. Um, definitely starting a journey around what it's like to live in a house. Probably not buying, but definitely renting. Um, to get a feel of for how maintenance goes and things like that. Um, as far as career goes, 
Um, I really am just looking to elevate Gladiator's profile, um, really start to work on getting us to a place where we can do the work that we set out to do. Um, One of the things that's happened in 2020 that is changing the face of Gladiator is that we realized that part of our uh, core competencies, when I was a marketing coordinator, uh, we did RFQs, which is like requests for qualifications for government entities. Well, Mm -hmm. that can apply to the grant writing process. So we have unlocked this whole new avenue of business um, in looking at supporting nonprofits um, and helping startup nonprofit profits specifically in the uh, diversity and inclusion field because you know Mm -hmm. all of my volunteer work with blended media and community resilience trust and the james lee dickey museum like all of those projects are culminating in this um, new avenue for gladiator in supporting um, nonprofits and community organizations so i want to explore that I want to raise Gladiator's profile. I want to um, probably start doing more speaking engagements to support that effort and just be a better uh, business partner. Because I joined Gladiator because I didn't want to look for work, but I learned that I'm actually pretty good at it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When I turn the sales pitch on, you know, I'm I'm actually a pretty good closer. so yeah, that's but that's navigating once we get into those confidence issues, like that's that's navigating that whole adverse opinion to business development and relationship building and networking had to do with my self-esteem, had to do with my body acceptance, had to do with how I felt about myself, not necessarily my skills, my expertise or my ability um to achieve. Mm. Cuz none of that stuff was in question. <laughs> So yeah. So what I'm hearing is you're going to be my future brand manager. So that way I don't have to pitch myself to people because I don't want to do that. (sighs) I'm telling you the, the, the best part, you are the best spokesperson for your brand. Um, I love talking to entrepreneurs because when they start to tell their story of how they, came to be in the place that they are, you hear that passion and you hear that focus and you hear that drive. Um, and it, and I get worried when I don't hear it. Um, mm-hmm. I get really yeah. worried. And that oftentimes turns into me leaning over to my business partner, like, yo, I don't want to work with them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they hit boss. I don't know. They don't, they don't seem to believe what they're saying to themselves. So. If you don't believe it, I can't sell it. So what are we doing? <laughs> you know, you know. Well, thank you for providing that awesome background. I mean, it's not news to me, but for those listening, um, the woman works hella hard. So this has been pretty much... Since I've met her, I mean, I'm talking about would stay up with her till two, three in the morning while she's working on school stuff um, and then go kill it. Worked. You were also working on campus. Mm-hmm. And then we just. And dancing. Really hard. and dancing. Not yeah. only dancing, you were the the president so you were, <laughs> and choreographer. Like you were doing all the things. I don't know how you do it. I, I, like, when I, I was like, in my 20s, I didn't sleep. Now I'm now I'm 31. 
uh, about to be 32 and I need to sleep. So a lot of that has, uh, there are a lot of people who are waiting on me. That's what it's turned into. <laughs> you saw me this morning. I was dragging like, man, I ain't getting no kind of proper sleep. Speaking of sleep, because we know it's so important to your health, I'd like to understand um, how your health journey started. So um, I just want to go ahead and throw it out there that all of this kind of leads up to you being diagnosed with PCOS. And that's Mm -hmm. the the main thing that connects um, us is me as a type 2 diabetic and you having PCOS. We're like two halves to a whole because a lot of times you see them together. So um, before we dive into the PCOS side of things, I, I'm really curious uh, for others to hear what kind of kicked off your health journey. Oh my God. My mom shared a picture of the seven core grandkids on my mom, on my grandmother on my mom's side. And I was so heavy. Like all of the other kids were so dainty and little. And I have always just been super heavy. I have always struggled with my weight and you know, in Black families, in Black culture, they are not shy about pointing out a difference like that. It's just um, either looking at you now. <laughs> Yeah, like, well, yeah, families in general are not that shy about pointing out, hey, you know, I remember I wanted to be a cheerleader. And my grandmother completely my grandmother on my father's side completely berated me about how I can't I wouldn't be able to lift my leg up or fit the outfit like just all of this stuff and a lot of that stuff stuck um and I believe that about myself um so yeah long story short um I've always struggled with my weight so there has always been some sort of health initiative in play, some sort of I need to lose weight, some sort of negative self-talk that was leading me to either overeat or Mm -hmm. over-police what I eat. Um, For most of my life, um, I was a dancer. I've always been active um, and things like that. And looking back, I was not as big as I thought I was. Man, don't you hate looking at them photos like, what was (laughs) I smoking? (laughs) Dang, I was skinny. I'm mad now. <laughs> yeah, like high school, I thought I I thought the reason why I couldn't get a boyfriend, I couldn't do this, college, same thing, it was because I was fat and it wasn't. It was about self-confidence. Mm-hmm. It was about walking in this skin and loving me before I could ask anybody to love me. So yeah. My but rounding back to the latest health initiative um, I have always struggled with food. Like I, I'll move, I'll work out, I'll dance, I'll go to the gym, I'll lift weights, I'll run. Um, but it has always been food, that sugar addiction, mm. those carbs, the bread, like all of that stuff. Burgers are my favorite thing. Burgers and French fries. And Man, so they're just so great. Oh, I got to a point where. I looked through, I looked at a picture. We went out, we took what you know how at the club they have those photo booths. Mm-hmm. That picture, I was so heavy mm. that I was embarrassed to post it on social media. And that was the moment 
where I was like, okay, you have to do something about this. Um, And then on top of that, I was having issues. Um, Issues with unwanted facial and body hair, issues with um, acne, real deep, relentless acne. Um, And I was, and then also, real bad menstrual pain, like just everything. And then up and downs with depression, um, (laughs) mental health, um, issues. I'm always so active and so committed to serving. Um, and then sometimes I just shut down. I can't get out of bed. Um, and I can't move and I can't take care of myself. So then that turns into more weight gain. And it's, it just became this vicious cycle. So I finally, like I said, just went to, I took advantage of my gynecology appointment, my well women's exam. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm ha- I, this is happening. The last time you just said that it was acne, but I need more than that. Like, mm-hmm. I need a solution. And so she asked some very specific questions and she was like, okay, um, let's get you scheduled for an ultrasound. Um, and then ultrasound happened and they identified the cysts on my ovaries and one of them was bleeding and there was this whole chit chat that basically boiled down to if you want to have children of your own someday you should lose weight and take better care of your health mm-hmm. um because yeah this is going to be a barrier for the rest of your life um a barrier to fertility for the rest of your life and I was like, I cried a little bit. Not gonna yeah. lie. I cried a lot. <laughs> I called my friends and cried some more. Um, but then the problem solver in me kicked in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um that that relentless Kiva-ness, you know. <laughs> like, this, is, this is not this is I will not accept that answer. That's not that's not how this is gonna go. So yeah, like I said, in that moment. I buckled down. Um, I did the things. I started researching. Um, started eating more fruit and vegetables, trying to, you know, incorporate more raw things, less burgers. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, after at my three-month checkup, I got another ultrasound, and the cysts were gone, and probably like 20 pounds with them. and that's how that went. I remember that journey. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, yeah. Really, really hard. Um, <laughs> just to clue you guys in on, on Relentless Kiva. Okay. <laughs> um, so my best friend is is that sad Scorpio cusp and the worst thing. And I mean, the absolute worst thing that you can do is tell her what to do. <laughs> okay. You tell her this is it forever. She going to be like, says who? Because I didn't say that. <laughs> you said that. What I say is what goes. Cause uh, no, that's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Relentless Kiva is real uh, because she she don't play that. Homie don't play that. Like yeah, the I guess the buzzword of the times right now with all the COVID stuff is resilience. 
yeah. um, resilience and to f- fall down so many times and get back up is really important um, in mm-hmm. life, in love, in food, in health. It's that ability to acknowledge a mistake or a misstep and get back up and keep going is super, super important. Yeah. So let's capitalize on that. Cause you've, you've definitely seen me in my entire journey stumble. Well, the first two years I didn't even try. I just stayed on the ground. <laughs> it's just like, uh, in, in the place that I was in the relationship I was in, everything that I was in at the time, it was just, you know, I'm just going to roll around on the floor and throw a tantrum and watch nobody come pick me up because who likes, tantrums nobody um but i i'd like to hear about how okay so you know that first round in hey here's what's going on with you if you don't do something quick fast um you're looking at some long-term fertility issues right so you mm-hmm. you put in the work you drop some weight and you got the cyst you know completely gone um so so what took place after that that started to push you into um moving into like a life of keto because I know that that wasn't heavy at the at the first round, at least. No. And then later on, you got really serious about keto um, and what you learned with that. Okay. So um, type 2 diabetes. I realized... So my grandmother got diagnosed when I was like 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't a big deal. Like I didn't know anybody else who was diabetic. She was, she was a really, really hefty lady and she dropped like 60 to 70 pounds. And she is the small, tiny lady that you know today. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's kept it off for almost 20 years. And I, well, no, it hasn't been, it's almost 15 years because in her wedding photos, she was still kind of, but yeah. So long story short, she, I've watched her go through this journey um, and the changes that she made. And then my mother, shortly after all of the ultrasounds and stuff like that, my mother had been complaining about being sick. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I, this, I fainted. Duh, 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 duh. And I was super worried and like super sick about it. And, um, then we, she finally got diagnosed. I mean, and she's been having like eye problems and mm-hmm. like all of this stuff that just culminated in a type two diabetes um, diagnosis. And so that one pe- one person is, uh, I'll be all right. But two people, um, you know, I was an egg of an egg in my grandmother's uterus. So mm-hmm. like two two women in a succession like that, I, I just didn't, my whole, one of my, on top of managing PCOS, one of my core goals is to not be a type two diabetic. Um, I just don't, I feel like, I owe it to myself after watching these two separate journeys because my mother didn't, hasn't, my mother is still on the ground, as you said. She hasn't, she's she's taking the meds, but she's not really addressing the dietary issues. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll bake a cake and eat a whole cake. 
in a weekend. Like that's not, <laughs> unless you're using some sort of sugar substitute or something like that. Like you really, now that you have that diagnosis, now that you have that information, you can't live your life like that. Not to be judgmental, even though, you know, that's part of my personality. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just looking, watching, watching these two separate journeys, watching these two people, these two individuals, one was on it. One made the changes, one sustained, sustained the changes as a lifestyle. And mm-hmm. the other one is just now starting her journey and, um, hasn't really, accepted that this is going to have to affect everything that you do Mm -hmm. moving forward and all of your actions moving forward. So yeah, PCOS, avoiding type two diabetes, um, really looking into, so then that, the other thing about Relentless Kiva is research rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I wanted to know, like, Number one, about my mother's situation. Like, how Mm -hmm. did she get here? How did this happen? And number two, I wanted to, I had already, there was an article and we never found it again, but there was an article that I read about this young lady who had um, PCOS. She had all these symptoms. She was struggling um, with all of the same symptoms as me. And I think I got to that article by Googling a cure or treatment for PCOS. And, um, she told this really compelling story about how she reversed it. She started eating clean and then she, through her research, she started to, um, start to make that link between sugar and hormones and how our, the American diet um, and the high, high, high sugar and starch intake Mm -hmm. is what affects our home hormones and all of the different health issues that come out of that are just a manifestation of how your specific DNA responded to those two factors Mm -hmm. um because you know starch starch technically a lot of the times it's savory and all that stuff but your body is gonna boil it down to be sugar anyways um and so but a lot of that scientific knowledge came when i discovered dr eric berg um dr eric berg has this extensive youtube library um he is a dietitian, I believe, I don't want to misspeak, um, that focuses on hormones um, mm-hmm. and how that, how that works together to, um, how that and diet can work together to mitigate or, um, you know, reduce the symptoms of certain illnesses. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything from, um, you know, liver problems, diabetes, um, heart disease, all of those different um, types of things that happen to your body when your hormones are out of whack. Um, So yeah, I spent 
three months just watching <laughs> yeah. YouTube. I didn't watch. I didn't watch Netflix. I didn't touch Netflix or Hulu for like a month or two at least in that three months because I just needed to understand um, the whole sugar conspiracy. We'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> like I really yeah, yeah, needed yeah. to understand. Um, and so he. The way, Dr. Berg has this concept that's like four four body types or five body types. Um, and I learned that based off my personality, based off the things that I crave, based off of the way that my body um, is shaped and the way that I carry fat, um, I am an endocrine uh, body type. And so that has to do with stress and the adrenal glands. Um, not endocrine body type, adrenal body type. Um, it has to do with two little glands that sit above your kidneys and it controls your fight or flight hormones, mm -hmm. which makes a whole lot of sense. That's part of the reason why I can't really watch scary movies or suspenseful movies because she would not go see get out with me guys. No matter how much I told her, I would hold her hand. <laughs> you would not go watch a movie by myself. <laughs> she wouldn't go see it with me. And I eventually watched it, and I was like, oh, this isn't that scary. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Yeah, no scary movies. Um, I've always stressed, and I'm a worrier, so, like, I add to my own body, to the, to the trauma that my body is holding by the lifestyle that I lead. Like, there's just so many factors um, in my personality um, that also exacerbate this issue. But right. anyways, long story short, um, I have a body type that is not the ideal black girl. I'm not curvy. Um, I'm super tall. I'm super lean. And so it that gave me a little bit of solace um, to know that the whole time I was lacking confidence because I didn't have the fuller hips or the fuller bottom. Um, I don't carry a lot of fat in the bottom part of my body. Like a lot of black women, I don't, um, you know, fit the, the rap video girl body type. And so that has mm -hmm. plagued me all of my life. Like, and to, you know, start to understand the the reason behind it kind of gave me some comfort and some confidence and put me on a path to really start to change the things that I don't particularly like about my body. I have accepted it mm -hmm. for I had been in acceptance for a while, but it was a really eye-opening experience um to look at how I carry weight all of my weight in my midsection. Mm -hmm. um, and that is called, that's a stress, that's a stress related um, weight carry. Um, and like I said, it all makes sense. I definitely started keto with a open heart and an open mind and that sheer determination to like really do this, mm -hmm. really um, do it in a healthy and clean way. Um, lots, I became addicted to spring mix, spring mix and omelets, <laughs> spring mix and, uh, shrimp, 
spring like everything was spring mix and these giant salads because that is the way that Dr. Berg recommends that you do keto is as much leafy greens as you can stomach with Mm -hmm. with protein and added fat um so yeah I started down that path and I started dropping weight so quickly Mm -hmm. um I think in the first four months I don't even think it took me four months to get to 30 pounds gone Mm -mm. I'm really not convinced that it took me all. I don't think it even took 90 days for me to drop 30 pounds. Um, Or even just your body fat, because you could really see it. And I think that's the thing that was really fascinating for me watching you go through the keto process was, um, you know, you were documenting everything. But the, you know, especially because we pay so close attention to the scale number yeah. and not realizing the scale number isn't factoring in how much your bones weigh, you know, yeah. how much your actual muscle weighs, your water weight, you know, and so actually seeing like, okay, my jeans fit looser because I'm losing inches off of my body because of the body fat versus pounds, which, you know, I don't want to lose pounds of muscle. Like I kind of need yeah. that, you know, the more muscle, the more I burn. Um, at least that's from, from my perspective, that's what I noticed first was, um, your body started to shape in a way that, you know, even back when you first, um, bunkered down when you were first diagnosed and you dropped a lot of weight, but it was different in the way, like it seemed, it, it was sustainable in a way. Yeah. And you didn't, you know, I could see that the mindset was there because you used to beat yourself up so bad when you missed a gym day or when you would eat something. And, and since you've done keto, at least, you know, there's a lot more forgiving and moderation, you know, when you want to enjoy yourself, because, um, if there's anything that at least I will say is that, you know, we shouldn't feel shame for living, right. We, We should learn and understand like, okay, I can't go on a freaking binger like we used to do in college every weekend, Whoa. right? Yeah. But I can enjoy a night out. I can enjoy eating out. And I, I know how to choose off the menu too mm-hmm. to ensure that my body's still getting what it needs, but I don't have to miss out on hanging out with my friends, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That was that was a big thing that I noticed and, and quite proud, honestly, because I couldn't stick with keto, y'all. It, it was too much cooking for me. I couldn't do it. Like, I no. And and so people always ask me and like, I'm trying to, Rona and quarantine has completely ruined everybody's health journey, but I'm slowly but surely getting all of the stress eating out of my system. Um, But yeah, the first advice that I give people whenever they ask me about keto is stop focusing on what you can't eat. Because mm-hmm. they hear keto, they hear no bread, no beans, um, all of that. No, instead of looking at it from a perspective of what can I eat mm-hmm. or um, looking up healthy alternatives and replacements. So like after the research binge with Dr. with Dr. Berg and the science and all of that, because one thing I will say is once you know once you once you have that understanding, once you have that knowledge, it's really hard to stay in a backslide. Like you, mm-hmm. baby, I backslide all the time. I mm-hmm. like I said, burgers are my thing. Burgers and fries are my thing. Um, 
I eat a whole lot of bunless burgers now, but they're still not a viable replacement for French fries. I'm sorry. There's, you, <laughs> there, there's just not like jicama and uh, turnips. Well, the fries you made though were actually pretty good though. When you I, now that, that I know, with that pork, mm. now that I know to twice bake them, mm-hmm. I think I might try them again. Because that's what I did with the turnips when I made that hash um, a, a couple of weeks ago. They ended up getting baked twice, and they got super close to the t- to the texture. We got to find breadfruit, bro. Because when we were in Jamaica, they have a fruit that's on a tree. It's called breadfruit, and it has really? the same texture as potatoes, mm. and they fried them, and it tastes just like a french fry. What? Yeah. yeah, I'm not even kidding. Yeah, like I don't know how we get trip. it here in the states, right? We gonna we gonna have to go to the whole check store <laughs> somewhere, man. Hopefully, we trying to take your whole. I'll go like, to four hundred one k. Natural Grocers before I step foot in Whole Foods, bro. You know, man, but they they food they they to go food set up though, man. That food market yeah. hidden, they yeah. be hidden. We wanted to find it, but I think that would be a good a good one to try to see if that would be a good replacement. Because I I remember we couldn't stop eating breadfruit. We were like, really? "How can we smuggle this back?" <laughs> on the oh my plane. god! Yeah, we yeah. got a we got a that's an adventure. Um, I think our our Friday adventure is coming at some point. But anyways, um, yeah. So thinking about alternatives and really um looking at what the manifestation of the keto diet looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I turn from the science to what can I eat? So then that's when Keto Connection, the YouTube channel, I think it's Keto Connect. We'll look it up and we'll put it in the show notes. Um, those that That's a couple and they are super cute and they cook together and they experiment um, and they work out together. Um, and then lots of what I eat in in a day videos. Mm -hmm. So we are looking at people's breakfast, their electrolyte, um, powder, um, what they're eating for lunch, what they're eating for dinner, if they're snacking, if they're intermittent fasting, um, when you start, that's the beauty of YouTube culture is Mm -hmm. that when you start to, get into that YouTube learning environment where it's vlogging and real personal um, information, it starts to be more human mm-hmm. than conceptual. Um, and I think that's a really, really big um, step in starting a new lifestyle is really understanding that there are people who are living their life within mm-hmm. these guidelines. and if you have enough focus and mental fortitude, you can do it too. I remember wanting to go out to the bars and drink and stuff like that. And my favorite drink, uh, Jameson and ginger beer. Ginger beer has so many carbs. Mm-hmm. So, so I had one, I had one <laughs> this week and I was like, yeah, I can only have one of these. Um, <laughs> I have some ginger beer sitting in the fridge and it's like three weeks old because I'm so adjusted to sweet. Like, like I think Elijah had a Twix the other day and it's like the little, and I was just like, all right, they used to be my nickname in junior high. Huh, huh, let me have one. I was just like, nah. I'm like yep. I like it, but it's so intense. I just need them to dial it back like 80%. Yep. 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 <laughs> and so like, which brings me to, okay. So living life on the keto lifestyle 
I was able to find alcoholic beverages that would not completely kill my macros. I was able to find a decent pizza dish to satisfy my pizza cravings. Um, If I did want to eat fast food, um, make sure that you're eating at In-N-Out or P. Terry's, one of those um, Wendy's for an even more accessible chain. Um, Getting that burger fix, but not eating the bun. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now I kind of do it by default. Every once in a while, I do go fat kid and get the bun. But even now, if I go to In-N-Out Burger, typically when I'm done eating, at least the t- probably the bottom bun is still in the box. Like I end up, I bite into it, I take a few bites, and then I end up taking the bottom bun off. So mm-hmm. it's, it, as you, this is, it's October. So this is a year and five months into trying to maintaining, trying to maintain this lifestyle and trying to, um, keep the weight off. And so you notice things about your body um, and your appetite and your tastes that are really, um, they change. If yeah. you commit, um, even if you backslide, because this, this was a birthday week. Um, and mm-hmm. typically on people's birthdays, I eat terribly because I have learned that Christmas is not that special, but you can you can individualize an experience and really make somebody feel special on their birthday. Yeah. Um, so birthday weeks tend to be kind of hard, especially with people like my cousin whose birthday it was this week because we have had like two to three celebrations. And I'm like, look, lady, um, I bought all this food <laughs> and it went bad because I've been eating out with you every night. <laughs> eating leftovers from when I was out with you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But long story short, something you going back to something you said a second ago about the way that my body changed when I just tried eating clean versus mm-hmm. the way that my body changed when I um, started to live the keto lifestyle. For me, it was so much different because I started to lose weight in the places that I wanted to lose weight when I. Mm. Um, was eating what I am eating keto strict keto that belly fat that back fat that that makes me so self-conscious about my body that was like disappearing Mm -hmm. um and it was and it's so um amazing to really come to terms with the fact that what you eat you can eat in such a way you can calibrate your diet in a way to really um, start to balance your hormones and get the body that you want. And so um, with that being said, I definitely feel that even though the Rona has brought on a little bit more weight, I feel like I'm gaining weight in a way that is a little bit more curvy and less straight up and down and disproportionate the way that I normally gain weight. So, um, that really, and the changes in my appetite with intermittent fasting, we are doing this thing where, you know, I really only eat once or twice a day, most of the time, just once. Um, 
And that was unheard of. I got to have three meals a day and two snacks and all of that stuff. So when you really start to spend time with your body and listen to your body, um, because remember the whole conversation that we had about what hunger that feeling of hunger. Yeah. Means. Yeah. What's your body actually missing? Are you thirsty or is it like a, a salt thing or is it like electrolytes? Because I think when we had that conversation, um, that was really when I started to deep dive. Cause I know that's when I started to play around with keto, mm-hmm. but one, I had too much going on in my personal life, but keeping up with the amount of cooking for me, um, was difficult. Um, you know, especially, you know, in my, in my work life, it was really hard. But now with the, you know, kind of the, the quarantine-esque, you know, life, um, I've recognized that I'm more of an intuitive eater because I'm not eating every second of the day. So my body has time to process. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I realize that I'm getting some kind of hunger thing, one, it's a, uh, we talked about, um, it's a habit. It's like a muscle memory because your body's so used to, you know, uh, the dogs do it all the time. They know exactly what time it is to eat because they're used to, at mm-hmm. this time, my bowl is usually going off with some noises, and some, some stuff going in there. But in actuality, is that what your body actually needs? And checking in with yourself of like, okay, are you hungry? Let me drink some water really quick and see if that's just a, a dehydration thing. Or when mm-hmm. I have certain cravings, you know, I started looking into what serving certain cravings actually meant when I started craving sweet what am I deficit in, you know, mm-hmm. that I didn't get? And I usually get the the carb uh, bingey fried stuff when I haven't gotten enough greens or just whole foods in my system. I noticed that really quick. Um, actually happened a couple of days ago. I was like, you know, a lot of stuff that I've had was really starchy because I've actually been able to tolerate breads lately and my numbers stay fine. Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was because I'm not eating 50 times a day. Yep. Uh, my hydration stays up. And uh, when you started taking uh, electrolyte powder, I started getting those electrolyte tabs and, and that helped a lot. Um, and for me, adding a fiber supplement, up, up, I can't, and the thing is in the room, but it's either a probiotic fiber or prebiotic fiber. I can't remember which one. Mm. And um, Kelly Levesque, I think you would actually really like uh, her book, um, body love where she does what she calls a fab four. Mm -hmm. And what I liked about her book is she's, she goes very science-based and she does talk about like insulin resistance and hormones and balancing that out. And that's all the clients that she took on. She would just start with, okay, let's just regulate your blood sugar. Yeah. You don't have to be a diabetic. If you just learn how to regulate your blood sugar, you will stop all this crashing. And she's like fat, protein, fiber, greens. You have those four. One, they're going to work together to slow down the process of breaking down those carbs. So you're not getting that instant sugar rush. You're getting an even amount of energy spread out. And even with that, I'd forgotten about the fiber aspect. So when I started adding a fiber supplement back in, even just once a day, and it says I can do up to three, Mm. I've noticed my numbers have been right at where they need to be every morning. Yeah, you versus when I did me that. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, and I'll link it in the show notes as well for anybody who hasn't. Um, Kelly Levesque has been on. Um, I discovered her through the Almost 30 podcast. Shout out to Lindsay and Christy. Um, and she now has her own show. 
Um, and she's come out with a, a body love journal and she's got a course that I actually want to take, which is the fab Four fundamentals, which kind of goes deeper into that, that science and philosophy. Um, and I listened to the, the audio book of body love, but I want to actually get the book because she has smoothie recipes. Mm. Um, and you know, us, we throw it in the blender. Yeah. Day. <laughs> um, like I, I said, I've been struggling with my appetite, um, for the last few weeks and, um, yeah, sometimes I just got to get the wheatgrass and the protein powder and some strawberries and throw it in a blender and drink some calories. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think what's happening is is that when I have those super heavy cheat meals, mm-hmm. my body is like, I'm good. I don't need to eat for like 24 hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm done processing all the things I've that had enough. That you ate. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's it's like a. Have you watched Cells at Work on Netflix? Mm-mm. Okay, you have to watch it. It's so cute. It's an it's an anime. Okay, but they do have uh and they do have it um redone in English too. Okay. but it's literally as it is. It's the cells in your body. Mainly, you're following around a little blood cell, uh-huh. and she runs into this white blood cell and all the stuff that goes on in their body. And they have these little glucose machines that has desserts because you know oh, it's so cute. But they actually talk <laughs> through and deal with like flu viruses and when it gets super injured it was actually a little scary i'm not gonna lie i was like dang that's what i said like a blood transfusion like they go through all these different things that can happen in the body like when you get Mm. food poisoning and they animate it so well i'm like i'm learning like i think the boys would even like it if um they like a little action um it's really informative (laughs) but i thought it was cool because it's just like hey you know your body can only do so much and so when you overload it um my dad you know was the one who kind of really put perspective about weight in general, especially mm-hmm. as diabetics and that, you know, okay, insulin is a hormone, which I mm-hmm. think it's, it's, it's easy to forget because, you know, you hear about diabetics who get insulin to take yeah, and you're not really thinking about, I'm taking a hormone. You know, the only yeah. time you think about that is like through like birth control or something like that. Oh, yeah. Estrogen, testosterone. That's what that, those are the hormones that we're taught, but we have, like so many more. Yeah, yeah. And so when your body is weighed down with all of this excess weight, because I think everybody has an ideal weight. Now I gave up on um, I think 145 was the number that I was trying to get back to. That was like my high school number. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, back in high school, my body was doing so many different things. Yeah. It's way different now. You know what I mean? And so Um, but I do need to be mindful because when your, your body is weighed down, your organs are weighed down Mm. and your, your organs are having to work overtime. So not only as a diabetic, I have to worry about insulin resistance because, uh, I'm not on insulin because my pancreas is trying, it's trying to keep up. But if I don't give it a break, i.e. not eating and binging on crazy crap, uh, and having to make it work over time. And the medication that I'm taking tries to divert some of that processing power to my liver. But yeah. again, if I still have excess weight, but my liver is working to reroute and detoxify all these things, but I'm also working double time, just like putting on a weighted vest all the time. Yeah. You get tired eventually. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Insulin resistance, I think was the first keyword that unlocked a lot of my research. Um, PCOS is a preliminary um, set of symptoms to being diabetic. And PCOS 
um, is directly uh, linked to insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I started to look into insulin resistance, then that's when I found Dr. Berg and and Keto and all of the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people who are creating content um, to help educate and help ease the path um, for all of us people who don't want to be a product of our environment, don't want to be a product of the, um, extra basic, uh, <laughs> American diet with all those processed foods and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so fast forward from strict keto to dirty keto. <laughs> listen, um, listen, that's probably where I'm at. It's just like, you know better and you try to do better that's what dirty but keto is. One, one thing is gonna be kind of off and you know what i will say that i think is helpful now is we have so much more access yeah. to stuff and there's a lot more products i still order stuff that's like keto based you know like if i do snap kitchen i usually go for a keto meal because i know that it is helpful for me as a diabetic. It is, you know, able to give me all the things that I need, but I'm not strict with it because I'm just like, what does my body need? And that's what I'm going to give it versus like, oh, I can't have this. Cause you know, you know how you are when somebody tell you what to do in general, like that's me and food. Like if you tell me you can't have this and I'm like, okay, that's rude. Now I'm going to go have it because yep, yep, yep. you said that I can't now I want it. Like it's a psychological <laughs> I'm like, I need it. (laughs) Yeah. And so many people are starting to recognize that, that the sugar industry has, um, basically brainwashed us to think that fat is bad and all those different things Mm -hmm. that, cause that was the biggest mindset change is, okay, so you want me to eat fat to lose fat. Um, or even the high blood pressure thing. One of the things that I learned in my research project, uh, in my research was high blood pressure. Everybody was like, I have high br- blood pressure. I need to reduce my salt intake. No, you can eat as much salt as you want to. You need to stop eating so much sugar and so much starch um, because sugar and starch plus salt is what's causing the issue because if you're eating a low carb diet, you can, you actually need those electrolytes. You need that sodium and you need that potassium, um, to keep your body hydrated. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that high blood pressure conversation, um, is, is still one that I have often cause it's so adorable when people go, I need to reduce my salt intake, but I'm going to eat this big old piece of cake or I'm going to eat this candy bar and drink this Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it has it in there. And I, I don't think people realize like salt is in more things than you think about just like sugar. Like we yeah. think that sugar is only in the sweet stuff and it's just like, no, no. Think about Pasta your carbs. ketchup, <laughs> the best the best condiment in the world. Disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a hater. Spicy ketchup till the day I die. I mean, um, I like spicy. I like I like spicy ketchup. But yes, oh barbecue sauce, especially if you out here eating honey barbecue sauce. Like you or really honey need to mustard. Re- I love honey oh, mustard. <laughs> I learned right to love honey mustard. It's right there in the name, honey mustard. Honey, yeah, honey yeah. is a sugar. It's a natural sugar, but it's still a sugar. Yeah, I got to be real careful. Yeah, it's it's this devastating. Oh, because um, right around the, the time a lot of this stuff went down, I had got really into those 
uh, Morgan had put me on those mint majesty teas with the peppermint syrup in them. Mm-hmm. That peppermint syrup at Starbucks. I want to say that it's like somewhere up near 20 grams of sugar per serving. And they do like a couple pumps. <laughs> I was like, bro, that's, that's straight sugar. <laughs> can they make and- Starbucks? If you're listening, can you please make a sugar free peppermint syrup? <laughs> I think they do have it. I do well, they? Not, uh, I don't think they Starbucks specific specifically. Um, I think they have. You know, I mean, you know, we've been buying sugar free syrups, but I think they have a sugar free peppermint. You just might have to find it and just ask them to not put it in there and then put it in your own. I don't know. We'll have to find out. But yes, we're gonna tag at Starbucks on the Instagram <laughs> posts. Please make sure your or find if you don't want to make it yourself. Find all the sugar-free syrups. I know you got sugar-free vanilla. I know you got the skinny mocha sauce. Okay, but I need the sugar-free everything because yeah, we need it. We so need it. yeah, that 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 sugar replacement. Those um, learning to bake and make sweets. Um, Ooh, the keto pancakes, because you know I love my pancakes and my waffles. Man, I, f- I think I finally, week. <laughs> yeah, I think I finally uh, perfected my keto waffles. So okay, well, you got to, because I got a, I got a bag with chocolate chips and dark chocolate chips, and I was like, all right, this and it tastes like paper. And yeah, you gotta I- put some, you gotta put some vanilla in there. You got some vanilla a- extract and some cinnamon. You gotta add that to the to the okay. pancake mix. I'm gonna have to put like because you know they they charge you like ten dollars for them tiny little bottles. I'm gonna have to go to like Sam's or Costco and just drop thirty dollars for the big one because oh, it was gross. Vanilla extract, and I'm I'm saving up for this extract bundle that I found on Amazon because they got apparently they got cornbread extract where you can make almond flour taste like cornbread. Um, yeah, so I use a lot of vanilla extract, and yes, I spend a lot of money on vanilla extract because yeah, I put cheap. it the real kind. Because if you get the cheap kind, that's also where they like to lay in, yeah, the ingredients, yeah, the organic kind. Um, I put that in my coffee. Um, because at first, when I started keto, I was doing a whole lot of bulletproof coffee, mm-hmm. so 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 many calories, but it was working for me, it was helping control my appetite, it was helping me transition. Um, in ch- it was helping me transition out of sugar, yeah. Um, so it was super important. But a year in, I can't drink bulletproof coffee anymore because it's just way too much calories. Now, my body's used to it, so yeah. taking in um, 500 to seven, eight, seven, eight thousand calories in a cup in the morning is just not feasible. Yeah. Um, so I've dialed it back to like the Americano, you know, the espresso water, um, with some sugar-free syrup or some vanilla extract and cinnamon. Um, that's, that's the life I've been living. Cause that was something, cause I looked around and I was gaining weight and I was like, that's something, that's an easy, uh, 600 calories to cut in a day <laughs> yeah yeah because you still got to think about like in some ways until you're you're revving your body up because my doctor recently told me i need to get, get moving again and i would be right where i should have been uh-huh. um, i still dropped i'm still very proud that i've through this pandemic um have figured out easy changes around my life to get my yeah. numbers low and to drop my a1c i was like Point five shy of the first milestone that I need to make whoop, whoop. but she was like I feel like if we added in some exercise you know that would have driven it down even more 
And I was thinking about like, okay, they always talk about eating in a calorie deficit. You know, that was, mm-hmm. that's always been the thing we've been taught, right? Yeah. But it only, in my opinion, I'm not saying that eating in a calorie deficit doesn't work, but for oh, me- Oh, it works. Like, <laughs> it, it works. But for me, if I'm not actually moving, if I'm not doing exercise, like, I just- no (laughs) no because I'm like you know they say that like you started eating at a deficit then when you start working out more then you can kick your calories up yeah um because your body is burning so much but I'm just like my body's already the upper calorie thing (laughs) and this workout part really can I just stay where I'm at and see, I'm a workout person. The The first thing I did, I still need to cancel that gym membership. <laughs> the first thing I did when I found out that I was going to be in the house for an extended period of time was, number one, I bought furniture uh, to make my living life a little bit more feng shui. Uh, and then the second thing I did was buy a treadmill because there was no way that and then, and you know, back then they had sanctions on exercising, and they had the little spray thing, a uh, com- mm-hmm. uh, graphic where the person was running and they're sweating and they're breathing and they're caught or a cough, and you just ran through somebody's corona cloud. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> uh- and so, like, okay, so it was really, like, mass hysteria around even going outside and walking to exercise. Um, so, yeah, the first thing I did was found a treadmill that was in my price range so that I could at least um, keep minimal movement. And that has turned into five months of me learning how to run, baby. We is We are well on our way through seven. We have completed seven of the nine intervals, ten yeah, nine intervals that the treadmill has. Um, we are starting to run for longer period of time longer periods of time. Um, yeah, it's it it yeah. is it's it's good and it doesn't hurt. I want like, a treadmill so bad. Like that's usually my go to when I would be overwhelmed at the gym. Yeah. But I ain't got nowhere to put it. Or I could put it on my balcony, but then when it be raining but, and stuff. Yeah, it's not yeah, it's not an outside thing. Oh, and I in the in the what, five, six months that I've had this treadmill, I've had to call the maintenance man twice. So if you out there and you're gonna buy some exercise equipment, make sure, especially something like a treadmill where towels can get stuck in it. <laughs> Um, make sure you find you a good maintenance man. Cause the first time he charged me a hundred dollars to take it out. The second time he only charged me 55. Uh, cause he already knew what the problem was. Ma'am. I, we, okay. So we're going to talk about that offline. How old get, I, okay. I was wiping I sweat be- and don't pay attention to where it lands. It's just like. Yep. That's exactly. You making it rain with towels. Yeah, it'll, like, I'll hang it on the side of the treadmill through the vibration. It'll fall and get sucked up in there. And half the time, I don't need, it doesn't even register me to me that the towel is gone until, like, a week or two later and then the treadmill's making a funny noise. I was say, you don't feel that something uh-uh. is gone. <laughs> She's just going. Yeah, we good. As long as, as long as that belt is moving, we good. And then <laughs> it, after the motor get a little tired and they'd be like, look, if you don't get this towel out of here. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, so keep your towels in a safe place. 
don't put them near your treadmill. Yeah. You know what? You just just sweat on the treadmill. Okay. Yeah. Just sweat on the treadmill and just wipe it later. You'll be fine. It's Use okay. your shirt. Detoxing. You know, that's, that's where is. I messed up is that I'm just gonna start putting on because I, I typically put on my sweat vest. So I don't put on a shirt. I'm just going to start putting on a shirt. So that way, the thing that I'm wiping my sweat um, off with is coming off the treadmill with me. <laughs> wear your towels. That's it. That's, that's all you got to do is wear your towel. Man, so we've, we've talked about a lot. This has been yeah. great. Yeah. Wow. It's fun. So, so last, I'll say two questions before before we get out of here. So... I'm curious to know, like, how you've been now with keto and, like, you know, being able to, you know, I know you mentioned dirty keto for a second, but, like, it sounds like you found, like, your rhythm with it, even mm-hmm. with adding in lifestyle. So I'm curious to know, like, how that's been for you recently. And then for those out there who, you know, are, are like, recently diagnosed with PCOS or who are diabetics with PCOS and didn't even realize the correlation, um, I'd love if you could leave one tip that you would share with someone okay. uh, for helping managing their PCOS. Um, PCOS is not the end of the world. It is very re- real, especially for people like me who where motherhood is important to them. Um, it's not the end of the world, but it does require you to accept it and change your behavior. Um do your research, understand the science, and act accordingly. Behave accordingly. That's all you can really do at this point is um, mitigate the symptoms because, baby, exfoliation is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> exfoliate. That, that one word, exfoliate. Um, I got a funny story about that. I'll tell you offline. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> do your research behave accordingly, um, and make the changes that you need to make, exfoliate to mitigate some of the symptoms that are the least attractive about the syndrome, um, and just love yourself and be patient with yourself. Um, because PCOS manifests in symptoms, um, that affect that, that go against standards of beauty. PCOS causes acne and facial hair and all of the, and weight gain and all of these things that um, go against making us feel beautiful, making us feel connected to our femininity. Um, it, it attacks all those things. And so you have to be patient with yourself and you have to love yourself and be committed um, to the process because like I said, we, we, we hit one year on keto and now we are almost at a year and a half and, um, it's not easy. It gets easier. It gets easier to make those in the moment decisions. Um, but you have to, everything in your life boils down to decisions. So when you, the decisions that you make about what you're going to put in your body um, when you look in the mirror, you have mirror, you have to be very, very clear on the decisions that you made to make it to that point. Right. Um, so yes, self-acceptance, self-love, exfoliate, 
And baby girl, you is worth it. You is loved. You is important. And somebody gonna like it. Okay? (laughs) Straight from the mouth of the best friend that I've had for so many years. Um, Thank you, friend, for for coming on and chatting about this. Um, Like I said, I really feel like people are going to benefit from your experience and from your absolute truth that you've always delivered, at least to me since day one. So now you guys have a slice of it. Um, How can people find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about what you're doing, especially in the community? Um, You know, I will say, guys, like Kiva has been hauling ass since this pandemic to ensure that the black community in Austin and other communities of color um, are provided for and have access to information that they need. Um, So if you're interested in any of those things, um, where can people find you to learn more? Cool. So always connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Nakivia Miller. There's not too many of those in the world. Um, You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, Nakibia Speaks, to get the keto stuff. Um, there, There is typically a weekly Instagram story that's basically a cooking show um, where I am showing everybody all the things that be going down in the kitchen. Um, so yeah, the Instagram is Nakibia Speaks for the keto stuff. Um, for the design stuff, it's Nakibia Designs, um, at Nakibia Designs on Instagram. Um, and there you will get to see who's designing things that I love, that I share in my story, or, you know, the, um, different blogs that I'm writing, um, and working with Gladiator. So there's, there's all, oh, gladiator.consulting. If you need some marketing consulting, we typically do business to business. So that's more of, um, startups and architectural engineering, um, and things like that. Um, but yeah, all the things. Come find me. Let's connect. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you again for being here. And don't worry, guys. All of the stuff that we mentioned, I will ensure that we link in the show notes. Dr. Eric Berg, more information on PCOS, PCOS and diabetes. like how Cornbread extract. <laughs> Cornbread extract. I need to know about this. Oh, my God. We go for, uh, Starbucks needs a, a sugar-free peppermint syrup. We go, yes. We'll put it all in there. We'll put it all in there. Um, thank you so much, Ren, for your time today. It means the world to me. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you on the next round. Definitely going to have to have you back. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Cornbread extract. I still, I still can't believe that's a thing. My mind is blown right now. (laughs) But as you can see, uh, no stranger to laughter and absolute truth being given from my best friend, Nikivia Miller. Um, She will definitely tell it like it is, as it is, and you take it or leave it. So I just take it. Um, But I hope you got a lot of insight uh, from her. Um, And of course, please reach out and connect with her if you want to learn more about her journey, um, how she's doing, and, you know, definitely, uh, we call it Keto with Kiva. Uh, That's her nickname, Kiva. Um, But I hope you got a lot out of it because, again, you know, insulin resistance and blood sugar management does not excuse those um, without diabetes. It can manifest and affect you in ways 
that um, doesn't necessarily have to equate to uh, having to take insulin or having to take um, diabetic medication. It can manifest in other ways. And, you know, yes, does it suck? As women, we got one more thing we gotta, you know, keep eyes on. It doesn't affect men at all. But even so, the more we know, the more we can honor our bodies and, you know, really pay attention to what we're putting into them. And it, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. I still struggle with it. Um, I give myself moments of grace when I really want some bluebell ice cream or something like that. But at the end of the day, it's all about moderation. It's all about how you track and it's all about loving yourself and, you know, being okay with um, not every day is perfect, but I'm here and I'm grateful and that's all that matters. So until next week, um, I hope you're excited. I'm doing something special for the big Thanksgiving day. I think there's a lot to be thankful for, but We'll hold off until then. Catch you next week.